0: Oh man, life has taken some twists and turns. Thanks so much for checking in with the Idea Fountain. I'm Julie Pilot. And if you haven't heard the news, we are fostering to adopt. The city of Los Angeles has 56,000 currently open foster cases. And in September, we got a one year old baby. And then. In October, in an emergency, we also took in his two sisters. I'm editing and uploading this episode during a very small window of precious nap time. But today, I love this interview so much. Every single month on the Idea Fountain, I interview somebody who has changed my life. I think it's really important to give people roses and tell people who have had an impact on you how much they actually mean this month we caught up with superstar musician actress and fashion designer beth ditto our relationship started in the northwest when i was working in radio and her band gossip was just starting out 21 years ago little did she know the way she showed up on stage the confidence in her clothes and creativity and the way she used her voice all inspired me. I admire how much she was an artist in every sense of the word, but also seemed so comfortable in her own skin. Let me back up by saying, saying Beth Ditto is an artist is a bit of an understatement. I believe she has the best voice of any female in rock. Many of her songs have stuck with me through decades. Earlier this year, I personally hit a wall with a challenge. When I was at my lowest and trying to problem solve, I was thinking about people in my life I could draw from as mentors. Beth immediately came to mind. And as I expected, I got so much healing from this heart-to-heart conversation. In one of the most vulnerable episodes I've ever taped... Beth and I talk about COVID-19 and quarantine life, the state of the music biz, fertility, and forgiveness. The world is so upside down right now, and more than ever, we need to keep people we love and respect close. Enjoy the magical conversation, and as I'm chasing around three kids, I really appreciate you staying in touch on social media, at The Idea Fountain with Instagram, or juliepilot.co. I'll take any tips, tricks, parenting advice you have. There are three seasons of The Idea Fountain to catch up on. I appreciate you spreading the word, telling friends, listening, and even rating episodes. I couldn't do it without you. With that, here's Beth Ditto. This is The Idea Fountain. Life-changing conversations. Thanks for hanging out for another episode of the Idea Fountain today. We have Beth Ditto. Hello, Yay. everybody. Um, and before we kick into our conversation, our focus is going to be today on authentic self.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, Beth is somebody I really admire as an authentic artist and just Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> As always, we've got a crew of people hanging out with us today for the fireside chat, the virtual fireside chat. So I want to bring everybody else into the room. I'm gonna uh, shout you out, and you can just say hi and where you're from. Uh, another incredible artist, Stacy. Hi, Stacy! <laughs> oh, hi! <laughs> Hello.
1: Hello, such Hello. a fan!
0: I'm so excited to be here. And where are Amy. you? is getting her nails done and has a mask on let's see if we can hear her
2: that's why um that's why i have a mask on in my house because my awesome awesome nail lady is here say hi hi hi
0: hello
1: <laughs> i was like you have a nail person come to your house that is badass. badass uh, if i showed you my toenails right now you would be sad
2: well i'll pass her contact info in the chat because she makes house calls
0: okay good does she come to portland
2: Oh, never mind. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Originally from the Northwest, we've got Monica. Hi, by way Hola. of Seattle with Julie. And now we get to work together out here in LA.
1: Oh, amazing. How's LA?
0: It's good. Uh, it's good. You know, I don't got too much, but yeah. it's funny. <laughs> that's right. Uh, nice. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Listen, the
1: sun is out here today, baby. Mm-hmm. I just do not want to make you jealous so it's a very fall out today for once in a right. while I miss the seasons I love seasons I like seasons too I like seasoning
0: <laughs> I like seasons <laughs> okay we got a few more people Ida hi I'm calling in from LA and I'm a big fan I'm excited for this conversation and Corey hi. hello
2: I'm Corey from San Francisco.
1: Wow, West Coast, the
0: best coast. Hi, Corey. Hi. and Isadora. Hi, Julie. I'm here in São Paulo, Brazil. Oh, <laughs> That's, so awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> and Angie. Hi, I'm in LA. Hi, Angie. Hello. So we got everybody's and everyone's in California except for Isadora and me. Uh, California love that's what I like yeah um so Beth how the heck have you been holding up during COVID well um
1: up and down you know I'm a Pisces I'm also a big believer in that shit welcome you know you know us northwestern homo queers but um I've been very emotional either it's, it's really up or down it's like A lot of, I've been giving myself a free pass to just sit on the couch and sleep if I need to, not sleep if I don't need to. It's been mostly really erratic sleep. Um, I don't know. It's, I've been better. And like, just to be honest, like, you know, I feel like I'm not an outdoorsy person. I'm not an athletic person. So like, you know, there's a lot of people being like, Put on a mask walk outside. And I'm like, no, you put on a mask walk outside. So I've been doing a lot of crafting. That's my number one jam. I heard, I heard love. you were
0: knitting like a crazy woman.
1: I kn- I've i learned to knit that a
0: couple years ago. I could, I'm a
1: crocheter by natural crocheter since I was a kid and then started knitting. So that mostly I just, and I sew, I make, I make a lot of stuff for babies. I make a lot of stuff for kids. i that's for the, my chosen family nieces. They're, uh, three and four. And I spend a lot of time with them. I spend Thursdays and Fridays with them. So, um, they are, they are actually my saving grace. They are what keeps me sane. I love kids. It's, it's been funny because in a time like this, you know, you, especially if you, if you're like, a musician, musician, I use that term loosely, but, like, if you if you play music for a living, you're, you're, and you're not extremely famous and extremely rich already, you are struggling right now. So, you know, it's been, you, if, if there have been moments when I'm like, am I, is this a sign for me to get out of music? Is this a sign for me uh, to get out of, you know? And so I've been like, but I've seriously been thinking, why don't I start it? A- <laughs> preschool and like i seriously thought about taking an online class on how to be a preschool teacher because you remember kathy from gossip oh yeah really um one of the little girls is her daughter and actually chris who played bass for gossip what the other little girl is his daughter but she she is now a school counselor and so we talked about like what it would look like if we got together and i was like the person who was on the floor and she was the person implementing the programs i mean we talked about it like like what what's what's next i mean i can do both but you know when your living is on the line and i grew up in poverty let's just say like you know it's relative to other people's but definitely below the poverty line trailer style and um struggling mom and i lots of kids <laughs> which is why i like kids but um it's been you know you really It's the fear of being, like, without healthcare again, without all of those things, which brings up another, which brings up other things that are going on right now, right? So, um, politically. So, like, um, I've been really mulling over what my strengths and my weaknesses are, a lot of that. Um, I'm in a really awesome relationship. I have this incredible, I'm divorced. I have this incredible partner who is literally in the kitchen right now, making a crumble mm-hmm. because we have people coming over tonight and we don't do that very often either. So we're having a backyard social gathering thing, like social distancing thing. And, uh, so that's, I mean, he's just so sweet. Like he's been outside doing the yard all day, like for, and it's, it's like, it's supposedly a girl's get together. So, but yeah, he's really been working really hard and I've just been inside just putting on my makeup and talking on the phone.
0: <laughs> so, mm-hmm you already hit on so many things and first of all i really appreciate you being honest right because yeah thanks there, there's no reason not to be um you were talking it's hard about-
1: right now honesty is everything because we are living in a place of fear sorry to interrupt you like i just yeah. think that, i just want to say that that honesty about your feelings and what you're really going through right now is so important because we're so isolated even if we're in a house with an amazing partner you know, we're talking to incredible people in Brazil, in San Francisco, and I'm looking at you, an old friend, in the face. You know, it's like it's really, it still feels extremely isolating because there's. It's so easy to go inside into the dark place of like I'm trying to take dark and negative away from each other, but into like a secluded, frightening place inside because it's so important Be- because it, it's so. There's it's like the unknown is so big right now. Like all of the norms are shattered for better or for worse. We don't know yet. You know, that's really frightening. So yeah, it's really easy. And if we don't be honest about it, then number one, it builds people up to a standard where they think that, well, this person is doing really well. Why am I not doing really well? Like I must just be extremely weak or vulnerable, which both things are incredible and okay. And or it sets you up to be um well it just sets you up to feelings that that aren't real and that's like it's so easy and because right now we're living in an online world everything looks better it sounds better (laughs) so that's one reason why like when I'm posting on Instagram I try not to be dressed up I don't do like you know I see all of these really rad fat women making like these incredible posts about like getting off the couch and getting dressed and i'm like i'm just gonna post about not getting dressed you see? because mm-hmm. i'm not doing it so um,
0: anyway so so many things like first of all uh i i love that you're thinking big right like what are all the different things i could do and i think like working with kids is so admirable right i love kids It's like, but don't they make you so happy? I love them so much. They make me so happy. And what I love, I'm gonna be the optimist here, okay? Okay. What I love about that is that I feel like there's a world where you can be elusive talent, right? Like, I feel like when we were growing up in the 80s, you had to pick your career and that's what you did. Like, I'm gonna be an accountant, right? And yeah. I feel like in 2020 you can be an accountant/ breakdancer and meditation coach, right? Yeah <laughs> That so. sounds so you've been in LA for a long time. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a it. It, it, it's going to terrify you to hear <laughs> how. But I mean, no, for real, though, like, I don't think there's any reason why if you wanted to do care right no, now. No, it's true. It would break my heart for you to say, like, I'm going to give up on music because yeah. it, it's way too important. But even, it's funny, as a, a child has come into my life in the last... Well, we'll get there. In the last few weeks, there's also the magic of, my God, you have no idea how good the Ziggy Marley... Kid's record is. I have heard about this. I, mean, I need to put
1: this on. It's so fun. I need to do this. And the reason it's like, I always forget about it because right now, I have a three-year-old who's just really, the, my three-year-old niece is super into punk rock. And then I have, a, my, the four-year-old is super princessy and is obsessed with Trolls 2 world tour. So it hasn't
0: really fit into the, it hasn't really yeah.
1: crossed over yet for them.
0: I haven't touched Trolls, but Ziggy Marley Family album, you're gonna love it. I promise.
1: You should touch trolls. It's amazing. Trolls one especially. So good. I Kids mean, are not.
0: I, I I'm a little allergic no. to just no. Kimberley and scissor song. And like it just, it's not funny. even about that. This is what I'm talking about. It's not about the
1: music. If you watch it because Teddy tried to tell me this years like when we first got together, he's like, Have you seen Trolls One? I was like, Why would I see that? Because I thought the same thing. It's the, one of the most incredibly psychedelic really incredible animations you'll see in like for a long time it's
0: incredible it's okay. incredible all i have to say it's cloud oh, guy well it's take your word for it. and then the second thing you were talking about um sitting Thank down you. and figuring out oh
1: that's cute those are my nieces sorry i had to show you those what are what my are girls
0: are you, what are your nieces names uh vivian baby
1: viv viv and that's uh ramona oh yeah alert. So, uh, but guess what she's three and she's four i believe
0: it I, this three-year-old I have children that uh powerhouse the one is about to uh outgrow the older one so i believe this it. one is she she is off the chart she's as tall as a six-year-old
1: wow. she just she's amazing anyway sorry go ahead
0: go ahead i'm sorry that's okay, I okay. both of us are going to need to focus oh so what i was going to work when we were talking about you were saying you needed to figure out your strengths and your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. I really think it's important. Like one of the reasons when I wanted to talk to you about an artist is an artist, is I see so many strengths and you and I have never really talked about this, but no. I think that you know, so many people hear criticism all the time, and not mm-hmm. enough people hear good things while they're here. Definitely. That's an absolute truth. That's an absolute truth. And you just mentioned, like, old friend. I can't believe Gossip has been a man for 20 years. 21 years. 21 years. I can't remember the first time I ever saw you. I know for sure. I have a really distinct memory of you guys playing the Rocker Girl Music Conference.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: it being an issue because you weren't 21. So you couldn't go yeah. to all the shows. And I know I saw you there. I was but- so pissed. I was so pissed, and like, look at me
1: now, I'm just like, oh, it's 30 and over, deal
0: with it. <laughs> Shout out to Carla DeSantis from Rocker Girls. still <laughs> on my podcasts. and then, but I feel like the first time I saw you, it's driving me crazy. I feel like I saw an outdoor concert, but like back then, Capitol Hill Block Party didn't exist, so I'm not sure where it and was. We
1: were too young to have played that, like, I don't think we would have been on that radar. <laughs>
0: It's been a really, really long time. And I think it's funny because like when you talk about age, like Isadora, when we first signed on, said, Oh my god, I grew up listening to the gossip. Yeah. I'm a few years older than you. Yeah. So as I became aware of you as a band I'm a few years older than you. I, I always a- have been a <laughs> gossip cheerleader, right? You've Always because been so I was good to be older. Where, like, you take a band like Bikini Kill, yeah, like, Kathleen Hannah is 10 years older than me. Well, maybe not that much older, but um, she's older than me, so I grew up as a Bikini Kill, Feels like, right. uber. Fan. How and, old like, is I'm 43, Kathleen? I think Kathleen's
1: like 50, 50 yeah, probably yes, 48, 50. 40. I'm 39, so yeah, I was oh, yeah. yeah,
0: 10 years I'm older. So, I was already working in music when you started out as a band. But, like Bikini Kill, I still have never met Kathleen. I love that the last time I saw you in person was um, <laughs> at their reunion concert and you were coming out of the, pet, the pit. I think that might be the sweatiest hug I've ever gotten in my life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, you know, how fun. Can we talk about how fun that show was for a second? Not just because cause I'd never gotten to see uh, Bikini Kill, had
0: you? Oh yeah, I saw them at the Sailors Union Pacific Hall. And it was so, so funny. Back in the day, there was probably twenty-five people in the room. And in the middle of the concert, Kathleen said, Um, I think I'm gonna do some cartwheels right now. And she got off stage and then so <laughs> the crowd. She just started doing cartwheels through the audience. That
1: makes my heart so happy. Yeah. It makes my heart so happy. I I didn't get to see them in the 90s. I didn't get to see them. We moved, uh, gossip gradually moved over time from 97 to 99. I was the last one. I moved in 99. So I, it was, Bikini Kill had broken up by the time we got there. So when those tickets went on sale, I, and, you know, everything went to sub hub or whatever. I went and spent, I think I literally bought I mean, a ridiculous amount, because I was just like, I bought probably 10 tickets for an outrageous yeah. price.
0: I was <laughs> so angry. I was so angry. So same. Yeah. And like, we both have contacts and resources, but I was not going to ask them for a free ticket. No, no. Okay. I was not. No. so at work, we had like 10 computers lined up. And oh, yeah. We, we, we had
1: four people. Everybody that was in the room had their phones ready to go. Gone.
0: And and anyways, they went like that, gone. Didn't get one. You should have seen Zayn Lowe walked into my office, and I was in near tears. Yeah, because they hadn't gone That's on StubHub yet. And he was I, like, he's like, Julie, you can get a ticket. Do you want me to make a call? I was like, I'm not making that call. You're like, especially, and you're also like, I don't need you
1: to get me a call in this scenario, honey. Right. You know, you're like out of all, you're like, I'll call you when Q Tip comes to town. Or somebody, you know, it's like somebody, bit, you're like, I don't need you to make a call in the riot girl scene, honey, I got this one.
0: <laughs> but, but then what really broke my heart is same. It all went to StubHub. And Beth, I probably paid $500 for my Bikini Kill tickets. And I appreciate that I... If that money that went that to money, Bikini it, Kill, it, but, it but wouldn't if, bother me a bit. But the thing is, it wouldn't bother me a bit to pay that money for the ticket. What bothered me is that $470 of that did not go to the band. Exactly. That's my problem. Like, That's if you were I like, Beth,
1: you have to pay $500 a ticket to go see Bikini Kill, I'd be like, fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. I'd be like, I, yeah. You know, this isn't, they're not playing the Union Pacific Sailor's, Hall, Hall. Sailor's yeah. Hall anymore, you know? And if, I wouldn't be an artist without them. I would definitely, I mean, I would not be in a band and I definitely would not, my career wouldn't, Career, I always feel so funny saying that, but but I would not have this job without them, I wouldn't have been able to do those things. And I'm not saying because you know, people are like, You're talented, you're like, Yeah, I'm not talking about that goofball, I'm talking about all of the shit getting beat up at shows, getting threatened, like all of those things, like that they had to go through that I didn't have to go through. And that it's like, Yeah, so a lot of people were angry about it, they blamed it on the band, that made me mad, that made me more mad than paying $500 for a ticket. I didn't pay quite $500 for a ticket.
0: Like I, I think said, I, I bought paid 500 for my pair.
1: Yeah. I bought 10 tickets. I, as soon as I bought 10 tickets because I knew that I had, I knew people were going to fly here. All my old school friends from back in the day, Lady Fest, London, like people who were putting on shows like that in that far away New York. you know, people who were like, I'm going to fly here to see this. I was, or like, you know, people like me who were flying down from Portland and Seattle and shit like that. I was like, I'm going to get these tickets for, and then we can work it out later. I was like, because we need, we need to go to this show together. And we did. And it was awesome. And some people did play it. And it was incredible. And I was like, hell, if I get one for free, give it away. Why not? Oh, not for free. But if I have a free one, I'll give this son of a bitch away. It was. And the thing, but my point is, is like, you could feel that that was the energy in the room. Like the, that feeling of like people were like, I'll do what I gotta do to fucking see Bikini Kill because this is gonna be the time of my life. Everyone was smiling and it was really awesome. Like I remember, I walked into the crowd and it was like to go to the floor and I tried to get as close as I could without, cause you know when you know people, like me and Toby lived in the same town forever, well not forever, but like, whatever and like you put like you know them and I know Toby but I know Kathleen and everybody else, of course, everybody else, Kathy. And I can't remember who was playing drums. I mean, not drums,
0: but who else, who had joined them? Who was it? The musician. Oh, don't, don't do trivia on me now.
1: Anyway, okay. I don't, I just feel bad leaving them out. But, um, but going, going in and the first person I saw was like, hey Beth. And it was like Ricky, who I had like this girl named Ricky, who now has two kids and is married to this woman that I didn't, I'd never even met, but I'd known her for 20 years. Like and everywhere I turned around and people were like, wow. Just like screaming and hugging because we all knew each other. It's like we saw each other, I saw people I hadn't seen in years, and it was like we felt like we had just like it felt like we were,
0: <laughs> you felt know, like you're 18 again. Yeah, it was I so mean, rad, it was really special, and I agree. I wouldn't be who I am today without Kathleen Hannah because mm-hmm. you know she was the first person. To like again in the 80s women were like so marginalized and like objectified and she was the first one to say girls to the front or like the DIY scene right like right you know all of that but but my whole point of saying this was like (laughs) i you needed your music. But I just don't know if I've ever told you that at the same time I'm cheerleading, it has been the absolute soundtrack to my life for so many oh, years. Oh, thank you so much! That's so to, sweet. The, to the level of like having, you know, lifetime moments where like standing in the way of the control, like like we're dancing on tables. Like I will never forget. <laughs> it, it's really that powerful. And thank you. I'm, I'm just curious. Like, I think it really resonates on that level so much because you show up as your authentic self. And I'm wondering, like, how did you go from, like, Arkansas to Olympia to I'm going to be in a band and have the confidence just a 100% be you in a world like the music industry where everybody has an opinion of you should do this and you should do that? Number one, we
1: never, we didn't start a band to be famous, that makes a big difference. <laughs> um, so it, it was like, we were living in Olympia, it was 1999. That's just what you did, you started the band. I mean, that's what we did. Like, I, it wasn't, I don't know how to explain it. It was like, there were so many things that just fell into place at the right time. As far as confidence, when you, when you don't, for one, you're surrounding yourself by people who are very, you know, much similar. We're there for a reason. we we've come to get th- together to a place like this for a reason. Not to mention when I got there, when I landed, this is deep punk rock knowledge. You will know what I mean. Or like, especially Pacific Northwest knowledge. You'll, yeah. you'll feel me on this. When you are, when I, when I got there, i landed in June. Yo, yo, a go-go happened in, I think late June. So I got there June 15th to Yo-Yo-A-Go-Go, like, yo-yo, if people who, pe- for people who don't know, Yo-Yo was a punk rock underground indie festival that happened in Olympia, I think once every two years or something. Yeah. Um, so that was going on. Yeah. So Riot Girl, like the, the spirit of it was still alive. There was still, there was some stigma about it too, because I think people stylistically had moved on and the town had become so, um, equated with it that it was a little bit passe a little bit like there weren't people running around in baby barrettes and baby bangs like it was very much more of a mary Ty- people looked like like the mary tyler moore era you know mm-hmm. like the 70s like a little bit more butterfly collar but like maybe mod again hell i don't know i didn't know what the fuck a mod was when i moved there but one of the big things was i didn't know a lot about punk rock so i didn't try to be punk rock so, like, everything was brand new to me, um, I knew who Bikinico was, I, my big, the the band that really brought me to punk rock was The Need, that's the band, yeah, that's the band, I mean, I loved Bikinico, and I loved the spirit of it, but when I heard The Need, I was, like, it was, like, to me, The Need is the punk rock knife, you know, the knife, yeah, that, I feel like they're so similar, like, they're so ahead of their time, they, you know, because they had, you know like that I've had a pop hit they they get a look pop culture recognition but I think you know they they made a pop song they won the Swedish version of a Grammy they were weird they you know, they were, did performance art there and they made a statement and then after that people were like man they're just like too weird now like you know, pop culture people like I would talk to music producers like Billy famous ones I don't remember the name but I, for some reason I got stuck into a writing room with one of them because they thought if I went, maybe Sia would go and Sia didn't go. And <laughs> they were like, they didn't get Sia, they just got me and they were disappointed. And this is years ago. And they were like, they were Swedish and they were like, well, you know, they just got so weird. And I was like, no, they were always weird. You just listen to their most conventional song. And like, that's how I felt about the need. Anyway, that's my tangent. And um, but so I went, when I went back to confidence, when I landed there, Number one, I was really shocked at how rude people were to each other. I came from the South, and we know that we know the problems that come along with that. I'm not like I could explain it, but it would take a long, long time. But there is a general sense of manners and kindness there that you say hello, you you know whether you know people or not, you acknowledge them. And um, I would see meet people at parties, and I'd see them later on the street. They wouldn't even raise their head, and I was like. Oh, and then I learned, it was the culture shock, honestly. I was like, oh, I guess there, I guess that's, I guess this is, for one, I was like, I guess this is the North. I guess this is like what being in a scene is really like. Cause our scene was so small and so goofy and weird and everybody was accepted. Like there was no division between genres because if you did that, there would be no scene. So all we had was each other, just weird kids, you know, who listened to different music. And you, you know, like, so it was very strange. And I just kind of was like, I don't feel, I didn't like that. I didn't think it was fun. (laughs) That part wasn't fun. I didn't feel dissed. I was just like, okay. I remember working in the door at a show and letting people in for free because I did not realize that touring bands lived on the money that you got at the door. I thought I was just being kind and I was bitched out for that, because Nathan was supposed to work the door, Nathan from Gossip, and he was like, will you watch the door while I do this? And then he was working the door for another friend, and that friend found out I was letting people in for free. They're like, are you fucking crazy? Not realizing that. I had no idea. To me, it was like selling a raffle ticket or a prom or something like that. I didn't ever think about it. I really did not know the ins and outs of being in a band, what it meant to be on, uh, to kill rock stars, what that really meant, you know, I didn't know that Slater-Kinney was bigger than what it was in our scene. I thought all, of our, all scenes across the world were just like ours. They were these small tape distros and used. it. You know, I had no idea it was a bigger thing because we didn't have MTV, you had to. We didn't really have the internet, right? Like we didn't I have had the internet. We were a group, we, we didn't have MTV. Like yeah. the Christian Cable Company, cut it off so we were in this really weird bubble and unless you were trying really hard you didn't get access so all of that pop culture knowledge about it that like people knew coming to olympia why they were going i was going there because my friends were there honestly that's why i was moving there
0: and you wanted to have fun
1: so you joined the band and i wanted to get out right and i wanted i was in a band because kathy and nathan nathan hates when i tell this he hates it so much but nathan's two years older than me And he always says, that two years when you're 14 and 16 is a big difference. He was not very nice to me. He thought I was not cool because I wasn't as cool as he was. You know, like their hair was already black and my hair was like dyed with Kool-Aid. And like, you know, their hair, they were wearing polyester frame glitters before I was. And I was wearing big pants still, you know, like things like that. And He just, I was behind and I just wasn't cool. Well, he treated me like that for a long time. And then when I landed in Olympia, I was close to Kathy and our friend Jerry. So when I landed in Olympia, Kathy and Nathan were playing downstairs in the house that we shared together. And when I say we shared together, you remember these days, like me and Jerry slept in the living room. Somebody turned the dining room into a bedroom. Like everybody, no space was not slept in basically. he, Kathy and Nathan were playing drums and guitar downstairs and Kathy ran upstairs cause she knows the choir kid. And she said, Beth, Beth, come sing in our blues band. That was, those were her words. And I was like, really was like, is Nathan, is Nathan gonna be okay with that? Like that's how it happened. There was no intention. Like, like I said, like when we got, when we got signed to Kill Wrong Stars and we, we were on K records, I thought I knew it was cool, but I didn't know it was going to take off. I didn't know that we could make a living. No intention. I was going to move back to Arkansas and become a hairdresser. That was what I thought I was going to do. I did not know. And it was fun. And, like, it was incredible. But being my authentic self really came from, I guess, I just, I don't remember not being that the way that I am. And that, I think sometimes it's a curse. <laughs> yes, You know, I feel sometimes... I feel like the unsinkable Molly Brown in the room. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> like you know, like I feel real. I really feel I really identify with that character <laughs> because that person, because I'm like, I feel like I'm always the the loud one, when it's supposed to be quiet or I feel, you know, and sometimes I, I do, I don't feel smart enough. That's one thing that I have. I struggle with. I didn't, I barely graduated high school. didn't go to college. You know, I went to school in, Arkansas, you know, I, it's like I, most of the people in the class that I graduated with, I was either related to or, you know, it's like it, it's weird. It's like, but um,
0: you know, you know, though it's so interesting. I met somebody recently who is a boss in the game businesswoman, and she had a lot of her success intuitively because she didn't learn how to read until she was like twenty-two years old. That's so she so had incredible. With everyone in her environment, intuitively. And then when she was able to get over her learning disabilities and read and stuff, she just skyrocketed because she had all those other skills. And it all matters so much, right? Yeah. The innovation and relationships. And not willing to, and like when you were like that
1: too, there's a certain part of you that has to be one, good at dealing with people who are full of shit or jerks or being really good. At making friends with those people, <laughs> like either you're really good at antagonizing. It. Yeah, it is. It's intuitive.
0: That's so cool. So like, who is
1: that person?
0: Uh, I'll I'll sidebar on, on you it with, with you later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Too long of a story. I about. will. Talk,
1: this is the thing about you know, like this is the thing about podcasts with me. I'm just like, oh god, whoever's editing this, I'm so sorry.
0: We're gonna keep it real and authentic. So I want to stay focused. Um, because I want to give everybody in the fireside chat actually an opportunity to chat. I know some people yeah. have questions for you. It, let me know in the chat if you have a question for Beth and we'll call on you in a minute but first um, I want to, if you don't mind I'm going to have my own little minute of therapy for you. I want your own minute. I want you to have it. So oh, it's so hard to be vulnerable. Okay, so I, I I'm really- doing I really say that you know it's the idea found in life changing conversations. Selfishly, I really look at us changing podcast. lives. <laughs> well, no, no, it's about I only interview people that have changed my life. And really I, sweet. I, I, I love it. I really think that you have held an important place in my life musically, but also, also with representation. I really think even though I was probably 22, 23, the first time I saw you perform, I don't think I had ever seen anybody with curves, confident, and really cool. You know what I mean? On stage and like, hi. And so I think the representation matters so much. And then I also think even your clothing line, Beth, that was to die for. You're so I, kind about that. Thank you so much. Like, I mean, I am not being kind. I am talking about, I thank love- Thank you for being me. honest. <laughs> but, but I mean, no, again, selfishly, I love those clothes so much.
1: Sure. I, we have a bunch of them around here I could give you. I'm always like, I, for a while I was just like, I just stopped selling them. I was so, like me and Tara, I was just like not, had a really hard time. I mean, that's probably another conversation, but like with the clothing line and what people expected and- You know, people were really mad. I think people saw me as this person who was like, which is strange to me, but like in magazines and doing runways, you know, the big life. And they were like, she's trying to make a penny. And I was like, no, I'm trying to make something ethically. And I did not make a dime off of those clothes. And not that I'd be ashamed if I did. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but it was really disheartening to Try so hard to do something, and I think that's the other thing. It's like you know, I, and I had other friends who were starting clothing lines, and they were like, "I was like, how are you doing it?" And we would talk about how they felt like they really wanted to do it. This is this is their passion. They were going to make it in China, but they were going to make it as ethically as they could, or they were going to, you know. And I was like, I can't judge you for that. It's it's you know, it's like at least there are people involved, and it's not just fast fashion, and you know, it's not this, it's not skinny business people or or just like the people oh, i could talk about it for a long time about the people that are involved in high street fashion and the like they don't give a sh- they don't give a shit i mean obviously if they did care number one they wouldn't use sweatshops number two they would have been inclusive or you know in a, just a myriad of ways you know not just we're not just fat people but like a long time ago they don't fucking care so I would, I was like, I'm not going to judge you at all, but from, and like, we, and then we had conversations about it. Like it was not, and it was not an easy project. And I was like, this doesn't make me enjoy what I love about clothes. This doesn't make me enjoy the sewing aspect, the pattern of it. Like it it took out, and it wasn't because people, you know, it was one thing for me, if people were like, I don't like this, I don't like the way it fits, but there was so much, it was hard to abandon people who couldn't afford them. that was very hard for me, but it was just as hard for me to use sweatshops and it was well, hard it, it was difficult and it was the, it was one of the other it, that's how it felt it didn't feel like there were many options
0: no, it was such good quality stuff, and I really hate one I hate when um whether it be in music or fashion when the business and number side kills the creativity. Yeah. It kills the fun, no joy. And two, I hate, like, I know with anybody, 1000 people could say something good to you, but then one person will complain and that's what you hold on to. But of course the, the clothing was such high quality stuff. I still rock the denim jacket all the time. And then seriously, even for me, the, um, You had this dress. I'll post a picture with me wearing it, but it had the I think lips and lips. I know the picture of you wearing it. I
1: know it. It's in my mind. But
0: that is is probably the first and only like really shape hugging little slinky dress (laughs) (laughs) I've ever rocked. (laughs) Really? Yeah. I mean, I. There
1: was so much, um, thank you for wearing it. Thank you for buying it. There was so much thought put into what feels good. It. There was so much, the thing about it too, is that the pattern building is really complex because you can't come, a lot of the things that were wrong, especially with like, I still say plus size. I like, I use the word fat. Um, I think when you are talking about like fat fashion, there, in the beginning especially, I think it's different now because there are so many places as Austin simply B, Evans, like Brian, everybody's getting more hit for Ever21. Oh but there God, are some now has all sizes. I can't even believe it. Nike. I, it's really crazy. Like, things, it's, it's a really cool revolution. The thing is, it's like, we witnessed a turnaround of things, and because capitalism caught on, that's the only reason. Like, that's yeah. the absolutely the only reason. I mean, you are talking to a radical leftist punk, but like, I capitalism caught on, and that was always my my gripe. I remember saying that when people would interview me about gossip and like being fat and stuff like that, and they would be like, "Well, what do you think about this?" I was like, "For to me, it doesn't make any sense that sizes don't go up because it's such a market that they're missing. It, just from a purely capitalistic standpoint, I was like, this makes no sense." And so it, I think it, it did change, but it's also been, I have to I have to shout out a couple of people about the fat positivity movement. One is Nomi Lam from Olympia. She is really the person who taught me punk rock, like not just fat positivity, body positivity. Um, the, she brought me into the movement, my friend Jerry, people like John Waters, but she is this punk rock woman person who is like, she? she's just probably one of the punkest people you'll ever meet. She's an eccentric person. She's a singer. She's super talented. And I think that she's so far out there and so ahead of her time that I don't think, you know, she just, I think if she was if she was still, I know right now she's a teacher, but if she was still doing things right now, like in music and making records and stuff, I, I just really would be curious to see I mean, she's not. She's our age. She's probably Kathleen's age, maybe a little younger, but she really changed everything. I always have to shout her out, and I want to shout out Deborah Deall, or Deborah Eall from Romeo Void, who.
0: Oh. And you, you know they had, concert, they had a concert in Seattle the night I was born? Really? My parents had the newspaper on the day I was born, and I was like going through it. I was like, "What? Romeo Void's playing tonight?" It's so it's
1: so that's really cool. I wonder what was playing in Arkansas when I was there. I don't know. Ghost. I don't know what came out the year I was born. Et. I like this fact. I'm always like I'm six months older than MTV. (laughs) Got here first. Um, yeah, she's she that band's amazing. Number one, she's an incredible artist. Number two, way fucking ahead of her time. Like in the punk rock scene, she's an indigenous American woman. Wow. She is an art teacher now. I think she lives in Palm Springs, but I'm obsessed. I've been obsessed with her for a long time. Um, th- not in my teens or anything, but it, definitely in my 20s. And, um, but she is on Instagram. You can find her. She's incredible. You should follow her. She's a powerhouse force of positivity. She's so beautiful. Um, she posts things that her kids make and, you know, that she's teaching. But I always have to shout her out because when it comes to punk rock fat activism, I don't think she gets the she gets the credit that she deserves. Um, and I know for me, like when I when I ran across Romeo Void, I was just like, Are you kidding me? Where is this where's this person been? And I, when you think, listen to the sound of the time and how what an incredible band they were, it it there's zero doubt in my mind that one of the reasons that they weren't more popular is because she was a fat woman is a fat it, woman.
0: it's so crazy. I know their music, but I actually didn't really know I don't know anything about the band or like oh I my
1: god. Her.
0: Just do, give her a goog. Give her a wow. quick goog. She's amazing, she's so
1: incredible. Um, but I think one thing I I really love about right now on the internet and like us being like here is that I follow almost every fat person that follows me and like will tag me and something. I will immediately follow them. Like, I'm just really excited to see what they're up to. And I'm really excited to see the movement with, you know, with its legs, just like, you know, just like standing up. And like, it's really been really, really cool. And not just that, but like, it's been diversified. And I think that like, it's really, really, It's, it's, it's way more intersectional now, you know, it's not, it happens so fast. And then, um, yeah, because I mean, oh God, it's one of those things that's such a big topic. That's my problem is I'm always like, well, so here's,
0: here's, here's where my therapy moment lands with it. Um, land with me. Land. We'll land it. So it was really hard because growing up, you know, I struggled with all sorts of eating disorders and things like that and self-hate. And then oh, you, man, I'm so sorry. Into, you get into your 20s and 30s. You move to L.A. and you get a little more self-love and you're okay yeah. with it. Um, But... You know, I think that even if I loved myself, I never fully trusted my body. And it's probably because, especially when it comes to nutrition and health, everybody in the world has an opinion. And, oh, yeah. Um, and
1: and it, you're a female presenting person in culture that where people feel like they can comment on your body at any given moment, no matter what yeah. you look like, no matter what you look like, what you're wearing, where you are, no matter what. People feel like they can just tell, say is on their minds about your fucking body. We're not talking about your shirt. We're not talking about your makeup. We're talking, that's none of their goddamn business either. We're talking about your fucking arms. Like the shit that you're like flopping around with all the time. Like it's so absurd. It's so absurd. It's
0: so hard, and then, um, and by the way, I just have to shout out Billie Eilish, because I saw she was, like, getting destroyed on the internet today, and somebody needs to get punched in the face about her body positivity, Um, and then um, but what was hard was, like, here, I had made made peace with a lot of those things, and then when you start getting into fertility, oh, that's the worst, because that's... This whole other level of trust with your body. Tell me everything. Right? Well, if you feel like your body hasn't worked for you in the past, right? Like if somebody says, if you go on this diet and you follow this rule, this rule, this rule, and this rule, this will work. And maybe it doesn't work for you. You lose trust with your body. And then you get into fertility. Wow, yeah. And you have doctors saying, I want you to take this hormone, this steroid, this shot, do this on this date, and that doesn't work. And it's really hard. And what was, what was difficult was I, you know, I never, ever, ever doubted that I would be a mother. And I never had, uh, I, I really don't care if it's my genetic baby, but I went through that thing as a woman where mm-hmm. I wanted to carry a baby. I'm the same. I'm the ex- same. I'm the same. I'm
1: absolutely the same. I feel you. I'm, I'm, I don't want to interrupt you, but I have the thing too where I've decided not to be a parent, but we've decided not to be parents. But um, that was a heartbreaking thing for me. I still struggle with it. Um, I, I'm so curious to know about what you've gone through. Well, I've,
0: so but then... Well, I want to
1: say that I feel that same way. I'm like, I want to be pregnant. I <laughs> want to know that experience.
0: Want I want to, it want to there feel it.
1: I want to it. I want to know what it's like to be pregnant. I want to know what, what kind of connect. I always talk to my friends, like, I'm like, I love so many people so much so hard. I can't imagine yeah. if it was formed in your pelvis. That's fucking wild.
0: So anyways, It not different? Maybe it's not. I don't know. But then when it didn't work multiple times, I had no problem moving on very quickly to adoption. And that has fostering to adopt has been a wonderful pro- process. But somebody pointed out to me that I still needed to have some closure. And I needed to have a oh, look. There's my cute little godson, by the way. Hi, Carter. Um, oh, yes, his name is Carter. Hi, really? Hi. <laughs> Weird moment for you to come in. Uh, (laughs) um so anyways I needed to have closure and I needed to have that forgiveness for my body and like heal that and as I was going through it and really upset I was like I don't even know how and I like I always go to uh activate space right like how do I solve this problem and Mm -hmm. I was like who could I even go to who are mentors like what women in the world do I feel like they're even like at peace with their bodies and I yeah. was like, don't yeah. know if it's true but Beth did it let's see what <laughs> she has to say you should have
1: called you should have called me I'm a talker um
0: well, right how are now. you doing how are you doing I mean it's a it's a weird time because now we have started fostering to adopt so yeah. we have this wonderful little baby in the house who's one and downstairs and you know, I I could talk to you forever, but I should go take care of him at some point. Um, but uh, I I feel hold a this lot better, baby. But I what's that? No, you're like what? hold this baby. I gotta go yeah. talk. Yeah, it, it, I got I have some help, but um, <laughs> but so. So that that void in some ways has been filled. Like, I'm not crying having this conversation right now, but I know there's still work to do. So I guess my question for you with showing up as your authentic self or being a woman in music, where again, if people say a thousand good things about you and one bad, how do you deal with it? How do you feel handle your confidence and that as it relates to being trusting and being at peace with your body big question
1: well also you know something you left out of there is aging yeah. like specifically how your body is changing in relation to I mean well, especially getting pregnant but also like arthritis <laughs> like why right. like I've, and also I have an autoimmune disease so I've you're at battle with your body people have things but um I don't know. I, I it's. What's I gonna say? Oh, when oh, back to when we're talking about, I mean, I have I have so many questions for you and like how you're doing and like, you know, are you okay? Like I like I really feel you so deeply, and I just want you to know that I love you and I respect you, and everything's gonna be okay. And I'm glad you have little baby West in your house right now. Um. But, I think about like people talking about there are two things there there's the there are many versions of my authentic self there isn't just one um that's why i think honesty is important when you talk about the the road to um loving yourself confidence all those things those things those are roads that are ongoing there's there's no there's never going to be an end of that um i think maybe only a sociopath would be like you know what never felt better, like, it's not, it's not very, it's not very common to come across somebody who's like, 100%, for whatever reason, um, for me, um, the medical stuff gets stuck in my head often, I mean, I, I I'm dueling in a pandemic based around lungs, but I don't leave the house, because I'm autoimmune. because, um, what is it, auto, what is it, suppressed, or, like, whatever, like, I can't, I can't just, I don't, I don't, go out into public because I don't want to get ill but um and not be able to shake it um so there's that like feeling like my body's betrayed me not just right now but especially when I was younger um confidence is ongoing that's number one I think the biggest thing is that especially when I was younger and I see it especially right now is that there isn't room for kindness and sincerity because we're so, within the fat positivity movement especially, I'll just say, there's so much pressure to be positive about your body that if someone is feeling honest, instead of picking it up and being honest about our own feelings and being like, this is a fight, there is a system, an actual system that is working against you that is older than time, that is trying to make you feel lesser than, trying to sell you a product to make you smaller, to make you bigger, to make you accept yourself now because that positivity is on the forefront of capitalism. I know, Wawa, I know, I'm, I'm, I am that girl. But you have, You're right. yeah, I mean, the people, you have to remember to be in your body. And that's one of the hardest things for me, to be in your body. So, we, you know, we talk about like, Diet industry, the health industry. I'm talking about being fat. I like I said, fat in, in, and um, getting pregnant. I know a lot of women who were are have had perfect, have had completely fine pregnancies, flawless, who were morbidly obese, but their doctors kept telling them, and you know, this is going to be really hard for you, or it's going to be really hard for you to get pregnant, and like all these things. And I was just like, I just don't see the evidence of that like, I don't see that, and, you know, so many women were like, if you heard the things that people were telling me, as being a fat pregnant person, my mom had seven kids and was never thin, you know, she had six, but that's really interesting to me, too, it's like, when you're having a, I mean, I don't know, like, a successful pregnancy, and people are talking shit about your body, while it's making it a fucking being successfully is really odd, not to be insensitive, so sorry, but, like, I think one thing is really important is to remember that there is a system that's working against you and it's working against you and you can plug this into many things not just being fat that's working against you to make you feel lesser than because the, the lesser you feel the more powerless you feel the more powerless you feel the less you are liable to act on resistance then that resistance can be just happiness you know. But I think we also need some kindness and, and, and sincerity with our feelings. Just like you say, like you're opening up on this about how hard it's been for you. And that's being bold is really fucking hard. It's way harder. And I know this for a fact because I used to be that kid who was like very overzealous about being fat positive. Who's very overzealous about being queer. And was lots of things about like body image and just being like, you know, love yourself. It's just like, yeah, of course. That's just the, bare minimum of the message but it's a very deep complex passage you know passageways that go through everybody in their life experience and you know their culture their race their ethnicity their religion like there's all these things that factor into like what it means to be in your body and to be healthy and if we aren't honest with ourselves then we're definitely not going to have the compassion for people to be honest with us and it's going to continue this cycle of, of assuming that there is this standard of self-love that is there that you're going to reach someday. And that if you're not there, then you're not self, you're not, you're not cool enough. You're not down enough. You're not smart enough. You're not, you're not you know, you're, you're pandering to a system. It's not like that. Like, it's, it's an ongoing process because it's a big machine to constantly that's constantly building itself and you're constantly trying to dismantle it's getting bigger and you're trying to take it down and it's it's not easy and until we're we're compassion is the number one word until we have compassion for people who are like i feel really really down today like today i didn't eat or you know or if people are like i feel like i'm overeating to listen to them and be like, what does that mean to you? Instead of throwing things at them and being like, you're me. like, we're not listening to each other. We're just throwing shit at each other. And I really hate it. <laughs> I really hate it. But of course on the internet, one of my favorite things, my friend Toshi, <laughs> who has single-handedly, like she has kept me so sane through all of this. Like she's my friend. She lives in LA, born and raised LA, which she'll say, um, she always likes to, you know, one of the things she said to me was what you say and think about me is none of my business and i was like absolutely it has nothing to do with me what what you think about me is none of my fucking business and keep it that way and whether you decide that you're going to share your opinion whatever i mean does it hurt you sometimes i mean i'm the kind of person that puts things into perspective like when, when you were in a band your or whatever your artwork is you are opening especially now you're opening yourself up to criticism that is your job like what being successful or not literally making money not successful but money or not literally depends on whether people respond and like you or they don't so (laughs) you literally are like well yeah i hope people like it but you can't be everyone's favorite band you can't get everything right all the time you can't be everyone's best friend and as much as you want to, like I'm that person that's like super so friends now, right? Or like as much as you want to make everything right, you want to make people happy, you want to do the right thing. It's not always going to be, it's not always going to be that way. That's the most important thing you can remember. There is no right path. It's, and, and trying your best to do the right thing is the most important thing, and learning from your mistakes and correcting them.
0: It's so funny that really resonates with me because I think my favorite quote of 2020, when I was in the thick of it. I was um, really fucking there. And uh, one of my friends, I was talking to a really good friend, and I was like, I just can't believe it didn't work. I did this, I did this, this doctor said this, and this happened. And there were all these signs. And my friend said to me, Well, you're not God. <laughs> <laughs> well, not God. And I, I kind Are of Christian? did you hear that. Are you Christian? I, am I Christian? Yeah. Are you not God? I'm in that. Believe in like higher powers in the universe, but not yeah, like locked but in. But you pray place. to God. Hi, honey. I need to you made me dinner. Okay. Dinner <laughs> Go back. ready.
1: Okay, so. Thanks, That's so sweet. Oh, Teddy made me dinner.
0: Thanks, Thank Teddy. I, okay, I really appreciate Thank all of that you. so much. So there were so many gems there. I definitely feel like I got what I need, and I yeah. feel like I. I and also in the, um, like being vulnerable space of, um, like, okay, we've talked about me enough. Let's move on. Can yeah. I, can I, can always, me, I just want to say one thing. I love when
1: people believe in God or a higher power because I'm not really good at that. And I shut, I pushed it away as a Southerner a long time ago, but I'm always loving people do because it gives me more hope and perspective. <laughs> so I was like, tell me you've talked to your God and things are going to be okay. <laughs> you know
0: what I mean? <laughs> a great <laughs> prayer. Like, yeah. but, like, I love those synchronicities and serendipities that happen in life where yeah. you're like, somebody's got to be working on this that's not, you know, like, yeah. this can't just pop out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah I know but, what you mean. So that's kind of where I'm at. So I love I, it. Not to I get too personal. To, sense. I want you to be able to have dinner, and I want you to be able to um, answer some questions. Should we open the floor? Have girls party in the back. But let's do a couple questions before yeah. we wrap. I'll okay. make a, you know what, I'll make Red. a story. OK, Ida, you, you said you in the chat that you had a question. Let's have you go first.
1: Yeah, so uh, questions around naivety and innocence. So we you know if we start, first, thank you for everything. I just,
0: I'm trying to first time. Me um, or Julie? <laughs> you no so it's it's for example there's such a joy when you first start you're doing it for the love of the craft and the and, and the art and then when the when it grows into something much larger and business gets involved and tons of- oh i like
1: this this is very good okay keep going So <laughs> there's an element of losing
0: that innocence if not getting jaded and i'm very curious to hear how do you keep that alive if if you do and what just what are your
1: thoughts on that um, I remember, that's a good, thank you for asking that. Um, I, I just try to remember that there are a lot of things I like to do. And when I start to feel jaded, I don't know if I get jaded. I think, you know, what re- I know this sounds so kids having a child in your life, if you're someone who likes having them around, cause I know some people don't, but like, if you're one of those people, boy, they will just take it they all that shit will just be like, bye. So I try to hang out with the kids because there is innocence and naivety. And you'll be like, these kids don't know shit. And it is awesome. Like you're around them and you're like, they love that. You know, that you're like, they will listen to farmer in the Dale over and over again. Like it's like, it's fucking Leonard Cohen. They're, They're like, this is the best song ever written. And you're like, now this is innocence and naivety. So being around that makes me feel better. Also, And there's just a general part of me that just knows. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's just in my nature, I guess, that I'm just like, "Eh, well, what do you want to do and keep walking? And um, I don't think there is a thing that you can do to necessarily preserve it, but there's a way that you can do to refresh it, you know, mostly like for me, it's kids. Like I love hanging out with those goofballs. You know, like we're in this world that we live in right now and like to see, like, I I remember when I found out that RBG had died and I was with Ramona and I just looked over at her and she's just like, and I wasn't like, Rbg died. she was just like, what the fuck's RBG? She wouldn't know what that, what, who she was in the best possible way. And I just love remembering that they have no idea that the, the, you know I love that they don't know and it's something so fun and being in their world and being like they're conscious kids they're conscious of good and bad and they know that there's germs and they know that we have to be careful but they don't. they don't care they'll just make a fart joke and you just keep walking and I fucking love it like <laughs> I love it but yeah thanks to that question I love your look I love your color story like <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah um, i like, I just seriously was sitting here and just put the iPad in front of me. I didn't even think about it.
0: It's a podcast. It's fine. It's fine. I know. <laughs> I do that when, even when it's just, when it's supposed to be. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Stacey, you had a
1: question also.
3: Stace. Yes. Oh, my God. Thank you for this talk, by the way. Literally, this whole conversation is, like, hitting me in such a powerful way. So, thank you both. Let's be friends, um,
1: Stacey. Wait, are we friends on Instagram?
3: Can we... Uh, can we please just be friends? I'm like sure. fangirling out so call, hard. Call um, me
1: anytime. Love. Call uh, me anytime.
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> damn it. Um, I will take you up on that. But so I just had my first major shoot for a song that I have coming out. <gasps> and I had the women that were involved in the shoot were great, but they didn't really understand plus size shooting. So I've spent the day, uh, like Julie was talking about synchronicity. I've spent the day like in this body turmoil thing because I asked for specific things. Anyway, so my question is: How do you advocate for yourself in a way like when you're at the creative helm of like this of of body positivity and yes. power? Let's like, say I didn't.
1: Yeah. Well, what was so your shoot was for your video? of your song it was a shoot it was
3: a, it was mm-hmm. it was a shoot for uh it was like promo materials for this song that's coming out so it was like photos of me on a sofa and so photos of me in all these in these outfits and things like that and i had mentioned to them prior saying hey let's be conscious of shapes and things and um you know because i am a full-figured woman I'm a
1: big um, body gal i'm a
3: big-bodied gal i'm
1: a big-bodied
3: gal <laughs> i'm a big-bodied gal and and, and, and and I, it, apparently whatever I said didn't really translate. And so no. there was like this breakdown in communication. And now it's like, it's too late to go back and like fix any of it. And so.
0: Have you seen the photos? I, I, I'm saying the photos. I think the
3: yeah. photos so are saw, cute, by the way, at least a couple I've
0: you. seen. Those are, those, also, those are the best I ones. Thank you. I want to see them. I want
1: to see them. I'll send I, them to you. I, but, I, but no, I, I, um. Can I tell you things? I I love your microphone for one. I love your Bob Barker
0: microphone. Alex,
1: turn back. I don't want to interrupt your question. No. But I, it makes me think already what you're saying makes me think of things. And here's the thing is I don't get to answer questions like this very often. It's very interesting. And I think about it a lot because, um, number one, this goes back to be going easy on people and accepting that we all have different personalities and passageways and paths and that we're going to get there differently. You and I probably, I mean, like we both make music, we're singers, we're songwriters. I can't play shit for Shinola, but, um, can't read it. Don't know how, don't, don't even know what pitch is. Doesn't bother me. So (laughs) let's not, who cares? So caution, (laughs) caution wind. But I think what's really important is that, it's hard to own your own power. And it, for some people, it can be a big, for me, I'm a visual thinker. I don't, th- I don't identify as a, I'm, I don't, I'm, I can see, I can't always see what I want, but when I'm in the moment, I know. That's just one of the things that I feel like I'm talented. <laughs> that sounds really big headed, but it's one of my strong suits. It's like, I'm like, no, I have an idea. I have an idea, not like in the moment, I'll be like, I wanna be in a red dress behind a blue building. But when I get there, I'm like, read the room. Number one, read the room. You don't have to... The thing that matters most is the clothes when you're dealing with stylists. Yeah. And um, also just being like, this is what I don't want is the number one. This is what I do not want to happen. And telling them that first. I don't really communicate that kind of shit because I love photo shoots. It's something I fucking live for, but no one really taught me how and I can see the thing and it, at first I didn't really like them because I didn't I felt uncomfortable being posy because I was you know I was in a punk band you weren't supposed to be a, po- a poser literally you're not supposed to be a right. poser so like then I was like am oh my god I'm such a ham be a ham it's just who I was so that's the thing you might not be a ham but like I think I, think like, I am one, that's great to know ham it up if that's what feels good to you Do it. Also, like, take pictures of yourself. Go back to the, I'm assuming you didn't do it on, you know, on fucking film, the the photo shoot. Go Mm -hmm. behind that fucking thing and be like, I want to see what you're doing because I want to know what I need to do. And they don't tell you what to do. You fix it in the I, moment. If You don't want those pillows there, move the pillows. And it doesn't, you know, that's that thing where the people call you a diva and women are afraid of being called a bitch. I'm like, I don't feel like a diva at all. If you saw, let me tell you something. Just let me show you. it? Look at this shit, this mess, this pile of shit. Like, it's like, not a diva. I don't have strong needs. I don't have a lot of things that I want. And even if I did, that would be okay. It's like, I'm fine eating McDonald's. I don't give a shit. But I do know what who I am and I have to live with this money and I have to live with this these images for the rest of my life so I'm gonna do what I by God want to do and I like to be kind of an ugly on purpose ugly like I think it's really fun <laughs> like I like a character so I'm like yeah let's right what right, do you really right. want me to do this and like put eyeballs down here sounds fucking great let's do it but <laughs> like I don't care about if a role is showing sometimes I do in an outfit there maybe maybe I don't want that role popping out but right you oh, know it's there that's another thing. I wear Spanx all the time. You know it's there, like you know it's there. Like I'm like when people are like, "Don't wear," it, you know, like "Don't wear this," "Don't wear that," and I'm like, "That's cool." Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, but sometimes you know it's there. I'm not hiding anything from you. I'm smoothing yeah. it down, and that's just fine. Anyway, oh no I think this I like that. when you go in, read the room. What's your star sign? Um,
3: I'm a Scorpio. Ooh,
1: oh, then you, you're great at this. I thought I was. <laughs> and then yeah, then but also, you know, with, I think you have know, a Scorpio too, is that you probably, you're probably a cute, like a really big visual thinker too. And so like you have yeah. this you the strong idea of what you wanted it, it came out being not the way you wanted because you're a perfectionist. Oh girl, you and I could have
3: an offline convert. I could like hours, um, but they, yeah. and like both of you talking about like the feeling of your body betraying you and all that stuff. Like, I just have to say yeah. like, it is one of the most authentic conversations I've had about because I, I that body positivity thing of like there's this movement in the in body positivity where it's like you have to be positive all the time and this no, is the I first
0: smile
1: time. Don't
3: right no. and it's the right it's the first time I've heard people talk about it in such an open and vulnerable well, and authentic way and this podcast. is literally the conversation I needed in my heart right now so thank you Beth and Julie like you thank
1: you Julie please. Queens, 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 this ultimately you can do it. But also like if you ever want to talk about it, I'm really open to talk about it. Not, I, there's not that many people I know that do. When I first started doing photo shoots, I would show up and they wouldn't even have anything that would fit me, literally. would yeah. they, they put literally. you in a tent dress. That's what they used to do with me is like, they're See, like, I the love shit? a good tent dress. But also I love to get dressed. I'm like, I don't give it, I like looking bigger. It doesn't bother me. I think I it's do. awesome. But I understand a lot of other people don't. That's where you are in your comforts zone. it was done with your body. That's fucking fine. And also <laughs> don't go hard on, don't be hard on yourself. Also like you gotta be, you just gotta, you gotta be prepared. I, I just started showing up with it, my own stuff. Show up, yeah. with your own, show up with your that's own belt. Better. Yeah, always. And you always have to do it. And that's an old story for anybody that isn't super tall, white and you know, Pick, like, a Hollywood actress. That's a, that's an old story. You have to show up with your own, because no one understands. Awesome, thank you. Call me! Just call me, for real. Let's talk about it. I will, I'll DM you. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Also, Lizzo is amazing. I just want to say, fucking amazing. Amazing.
0: I, I saw a quote in a magazine, though, that said Lizzo wouldn't be where she was today without Missy, Elliot, and Beth Ditto. Um, Somebody said
1: that. None of us would be here without Miss Elliott. So there's that. None of us. Um, okay, one one, more, my number one, one record action. of all time, The Real World, Miss Elliott. The best
0: album ever made, hands down. Great
1: album. Number uh, one no, album. One, okay. one,
0: last question, last question, last question. Amy B., we have been talking to Beth Ditto for an hour and 15 minutes, and the manicure is still not done. That was very impressive. You know, yours,
2: I am t- getting, like, next-level toenail art. 10 toes, yes, apart. and I will i will send Julie the picture and she can send it to all of you. Also,
1: your pedicurist is like, You know what? Takes time. Am I? She's like, You're like, um, she's like, Oh, has it been an hour and a half? Yep,
2: yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's doing her thing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so I get it. I'm like, I get it. It's, I'd rather it take an hour and a half than take like. 15
2: minutes. She's thorough. I wish you yeah. lived here and you could sample her. We
1: don't have those, those kinds of things here. We just don't <laughs> in Portland. Like they haven't caught up yet. Yeah. So my
2: quick question for you is, um, how was the experience of acting? Because I saw you on that show with Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. And you were awesome. Thank you. Yeah, that's a whole different medium. I don't know you. if you've done a lot of other things, but you seemed really, really comfortable in that medium. And I really enjoyed your character. And thank you. you. Want to do more of or interested in pursuing. It seemed
1: very- I loved with it. Yes, thank you. Thank you for watching that show. Um, I The show itself wasn't great. You were amazing. <laughs> i think everybody i I loved everyone on that show had the best time i love your honesty by the way that's my jam see that's when i don't mind things that like aren't what is it's not negative because it's just you know whatever it's an opinion and whatever um but like that's what i think i'm just like i one of my best compliments i ever got was beth i hate your band but you're a great person (laughs) and i was like fine great anyway um Um, I loved acting. It was so fun. Um, it was probably one of the easiest jobs I've ever had. I think, um, because I have a real, I'm really good at remembering words. I was a really good cheater on tests because my friends would go in fifth period and I would have this thing class sixth period. They would give me all the answers. I'd memorize them. I'd go in, I'd write them in really fast or like fill them in or whatever in pacifying colors. So I really feel like cheating on Tess has made it possible for me to be a very, <laughs> it was good for me to be a good actor. Not, I don't know if I was a good actor because I can't watch it, but I do know <laughs> it was easy to m- memorize the lines and they tell you where to stand and they dress you and you, it was so fun and easy.
2: You were really, so in your character and you were so made to play that
1: character. Thank you. I, it was my, si- my sister-in-law. I and mean, we, we talked a lot about the character a lot. Me and the writers would talk about it and I would be like this. I was like, this is how I picture her. And it helped that the, one of the main writers was Southern too. So like we both had a lot of the same collo- colloquialisms and had the same kind of aunts Yeah. and sisters-in-law. I, I, I hope so. to see a lot more of you. on. Thank you. That's so nice. I, can't, I hope to see your toenails.
2: Uh-huh. I'm getting this really complex cow pattern. Different colors on every Oh, print.
1: different color cow pattern's amazing.
2: Next week, and I'm not going, but I got inspired. What's next week? Print. I was going to go to Texas next week, and I'm not going, but I got inspired by cow print, so I wanted cow <laughs> I
1: print. love it. That's so smart. Different um, color cow print's amazing. Yeah. I don't know if I've yeah. ever seen that before.
0: i'm lost for i'm gonna last for words after that for once for once for once hey beth thank you so much thanks um thanks for having anything, me is there anything that we should know this makes Julie, i think we should do a fat person podcast all right well this could be the first one yeah. that could be my my um first step In admitting that I could be a part of a fat person podcast. That's a, that's a part of the recovery, right? You can do it. You recover. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's just a, it's just a word. Doesn't mean shit. I'm here for you. You know, for real, I do want to support, um, like you Tara and I, I'm totally down to talk. You want to go through those strengths and weaknesses because I really believe in championing creative so much and you I are think so that good at it. there are so many different definitions of success and you have infinite value. You are an artist in every sense of the word, right? That's so nice. And thank, you. Like, I, thank you. Don't feel like Thank you. Go run your daycare if you want to, but I really want to continue to help find ways to support your creativity because I think you're really important to the world, right? Thank you. And oh, you my God. Help. Thank you. So, <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Thank you so much. Uh, I like here for you too. Is there anything else you want people to know um, about like what's coming or any like parting words? I would like to say that um, Nathan
1: and I from Gossip worked on three, like we have three eh records and definitely two incredible records in the pipelines that we worked on before Corona. Like we'd probably be touring right now um, that we made with Rick Rubin and their They're very incredible and I feel really proud of them, which is like hard for me to say, but I'm really excited about it. So um, there is music coming. We just don't know when, I mean, you know, you have to release it when you can tour. I mean, that's the old ways. It may not be like that anymore. Do you think that that's going to
0: change touring? I think that, um, I mean, it kind of has to right now. Right. But I think that there are other options to connect audience you know what I'm obsessed with I I, again I don't want to go down a rabbit hole because I can talk to you till 10 o'clock at night Yeah, but um no I think that like I'm really passionate in the conversation about membership for artists right Mm. because like let's not let's not talk about your music let's take a group like um run the by Monica Monica. um run the jewels like I love run the jewels They put out an amazing record this year and I stream it like crazy. I listen to it all the time. I bought the t-shirt, right? But I don't need more than one t-shirt. And like, I'm not a hoarder. I don't need Run the Jewels vinyl, right? (laughs) Yeah. um, (laughs) But like Killer Mike is such a thought leader and so involved in politics and food and supporting black businesses. If I could, like, invest in a membership for run the jewels and get something from them quarterly like i would buy it, right like a fan club yeah but like not an autographed headshot more right. like exactly there was actually this company that i think was ahead of their time called quarterly where yeah. you could buy for like a 100 bucks and jack white did this too with third man you could quarterly buy a box and like i remember Q-Tip did one and Pharrell did one. And in Q-Tips, you got a copy of the handwritten lyrics of Tribe Called Quest, Check the Rhyme. You got a pair of Gazelle sunglasses. You got a mixtape of him DJing and like a t-shirt, right? Yeah. And so it was connected to music and it was authentically him. But it was like, just like you were saying, like I would pay five hundred dollars for something for Bikini Kill all day, all night because they mean that Yeah, much to easily. Me. Yeah, I don't yeah. think there's enough tangible things in the world, like you, that fans or people that want to support your music can have access to. So yeah, I think I don't know what the answer is, but let's let's like talk and figure out and. I think about it all out the, the time,
1: because I don't. You know, I don't want to. I'm not a negative person. I would, I'm just like hopefully things get back to normal, but I don't want to get back to normal too soon before it's time. So I'm like, it's going to be this way for a long time. And there's going to be not just me, but a lot of my friends are not having a very easy time, you know, and I'm not having an easy time. TV shows canceled, you know, everything that I've had, it's like running on fumes. And I don't, it's like, I'm not afraid of that. I can work. Like I said, I'll get, I don't give a shit. I'll be a barista. I don't care. But like, it's, I'll, not that it's bad to be. I loved being barista, actually.
0: <laughs> anyway, like, I be a barista too. But artists deserve to be paid for their work. How about that's that? true. Let's that's just, true. Uh, Can we, you know what I want to be paid for? My worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If we
1: make money for our worrying, goddamn. Anyway, I feel bad for keeping you too. My bitches are coming over. The bitch crew. That's us.
0: Um,
1: you, you know, it's coming over. Do you know Nicole George's? No she's a cartoon I not dialed
0: into the portland scene at all by the way well like, she's a, more punk than she's older punk oh, than that because yeah. i like to me like i'm such a seattle girl portland for me is just a lot of. oh dirt. we you know what this is a good topic see if we had a podcast the portland the
1: the, the what people don't know is that there's a weird like friction between portland and seattle
0: it's and like the it's same
1: real LA and San Francisco,
0: though. Now that I live in California, it's same thing. Yeah, but LA
1: and San Francisco, that's why is because Portland and Seattle should be butts. Like, we should be like, yeah, go for it. But it's San Francisco and LA, make, they're two different climates. They, you know, it's 12 hour, it's a 12, 15 hour drive or something crazy. We live three hours away from each other,
0: same climate. Anyway, okay. So, okay. let's, so. <laughs> And I will tell you one little tiny secret that's gonna be super inside. But my dad's side of the family lives in Longview, Washington. So next time I go visit them, I'll holler at Portland and
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Longview. Okay. You're
0: like you're like Longview. Longview. No, I just from Longview. Jeez. No, 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 not in
1: a bad way. But Longview to me, you know what I like is that I've lived somewhere long enough that <laughs> well that you know, like when you grow up because you you grew up you grew up in Seattle so like for me I came 20 years later so I didn't really know the layout of the land I just feel really proud of myself that I know where Longview is and been there I know what it is like I feel more
0: I feel like a local now only person to ever say I'm proud that I know where Longview is (laughs) (laughs) I put my hand on my heart that's it I love you thank you everybody for joining this conversation
1: send me pictures yeah bye everybody I'm sorry we didn't get to your questions but Send me pictures of the baby and send me pictures of you and let me know their size and I'll make them some stuff. All right. Or if you find any fabric that you like, let me know and I'll order it and I'll make them some stuff. I love to do shit like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'll buy it. Okay. Bye. I don't need you to buy it. This is from an auntie. Okay. Bye. Bye.
0: I love that woman so much. And in fact, if you haven't listened to Beth Ditto's music yet, it is mandatory Gossip Essentials is one of my favorite playlists on Apple Music. I'm Julie Pilot. Thanks again for listening to another episode. If you want to stay in touch on what's coming up, news, you can sign up for our newsletter at juliepilot.co. That's J-U-L-I-E-P-I-L-A-T.co. I appreciate you so much. And if we don't talk before, make sure to have happy holidays.